Hello and welcome to another episode of Knowledge with Homage. I'm your host, David Castle. What's up, motherfuckers? It's been a while since the last talk. In fact, I actually recorded one of these the other day and then I planned on coming back home and putting the finishing touches on it and then releasing it and stuff and then uh, my computer died and then I lost everything. So it wasn't that good anyways probably but maybe it was i don't know maybe i said some brilliant stuff i can't remember even what i talked about but nonetheless here i am on the 23rd of december 2019 and uh wow yeah coming up to the end of the year it's crazy how fast the year moves i did a lot this year though i feel like it was a very long year for me traveled around the world a lot saw a lot of things lots of changes but then I look back on it, I'm pretty much back in the same place as uh, when I ended last year. Except last year I, I quit my job around this time and I went on a trip to Asia and did a bunch of stuff out there, which was very fun. But now I'm back at uh, my old job selling cars again and doing what I got to do to survive. Working on another couple albums and just, uh, you know, hanging out, man. And meanwhile, all kinds of crazy things are going on in this world, and that's nothing new. You know, you have the news media just basically meant to terrorize you and keep you in constant fear and uncertainty about this world. And, you know, have to feel unsafe all the time, like there's going to be a shooting or terrorist attack of some kind and this and that. So that's, you know, nothing new with all of that we got the impeachment going apparently the house impeached trump and now it has to go to the senate i doubt anything's going to happen with it but why does it even matter because these people they're all just front men for uh for the new world order you know the secret government thing the hidden hand who really controls everything so we have these people who they who they put out to make it seem like they're in control. You have presidents and senators and governors and whatnot. But really we're living in a global system and you know there's a there's a centralized power structure from which all policies get drawn up and drafted by other governments. So, you know, the foundations like the Council of Foreign Relations, the Royal Institute for International Affairs, uh, the Bilderberg Group, things like that. You know, there's thousands of these think tanks and these people are, they're, they're non-governmental organizations. They're not people who are elected by the public. They're just people who were installed there and they were chosen by the elite to create policies throughout the world. And basically what has been happening for all of our lifetimes and the lifetimes of our parents and grandparents has been the creation of this one world system where, you know, everyone is controlled by a centralized source. There's no more national borders or uh the ultimate goal would be to take away private property as well take away land and, and cars and shit like that so everyone's got to be stuck doing public transportation and things like that they've also totally restructured society and how we make money we've now turned to a service economy instead of a productive economy we outsourced all of our production to china and India and different countries like that, third world countries where they pay their workers much less for the labor. And uh, it makes it so we're not independent. It used to be you could create everything in your own country and, and be completely you know, independent and have jobs for everyone in your country. But that was outsourced for the North American Free Trade Agreement. Uh, it made the corporations a shitload more money. And it also just, you know, kind of ruined the economy and stuff, make it so we're a service economy where we're not actually producing anything. We don't have very many factories or anything like that anymore. Uh, all that stuff gets outsourced to foreign countries where they can pay the workers much less money and, you know, make China rich and stuff too. So, But it doesn't really matter because, you know, the people in control of our country aren't trying to do what's best for our country they're just playing into this global system. And everyone's supposed to be okay with it. You're not supposed to say anything about it. You're not supposed to question it or criticize it. And if you are, you're a xenophobe or you're a racist or, you know, whatever term they'll coin for you. Other uh, the conspiracy theorist, of course. Conspiracist is another one. 
So uh, that's just the way it is now. And what can you do? I don't know. Meanwhile, you look up in the sky and uh, the jets are constantly spraying us with who knows what. Over where I live in Carson City, Nevada, it's very bad every day. There's just multiple, for example, yesterday, there's like 10 at the same time, 10 of these jets just flying over, clearly spraying the skies. I mean, the whole sky is covered in these grid-like patterns, and it's just so blatantly obvious what they're doing. And then you look up at the sun, and it's covered by this layer of shit that they sprayed into the sky. And you can see this iridescent, these iridescent hues being given off because of the way the light is refracting off of these nanoparticulates. And it's completely abnormal. Nothing about this is normal. But nobody questions it. Isn't that insane? I mean, that's just... We've been trained to not think so thoroughly. Like, our, our, our training to be stupid and uncritical with our thinking is so well done that people can't even look into the sky. I swear, they could spray fucking green and purple chemtrails and people wouldn't even notice. They would say, well, they would notice. They'd take pictures of it and shit and say it was beautiful and it was like such a rare phenomenon. But I really think they could do that, you know? It's just people are so oblivious that <laughs> they just, it, you can't see what's right in front of your face. And the reason why is because we've been trained to be so dependent on authority figures to tell us what's happening in the world. We can't just look around and think about things for ourselves. We've been trained to, you know, have somebody else tell us what's happening and interpret the news for us. Now, that was done to us at a very early age in school. You have this authority figure, a teacher, standing up in front of uh, the class, telling people what's happening. They're not teaching you how to think. They're telling you what to think. And there's a huge difference between those two things. Because if you don't know how to think, then you're always going to be, you'll be able to be manipulated and controlled by people who tell you what to think, as long as they do it in an authoritative manner. Um, if they're well-spoken, if they, you know, dress a certain way, they're wearing a suit and tie and shit, people tend to believe those people more. It's just, it's a perception thing. So, and that's all it takes you know, to, to control society, you can spray the skies and, you know, literally right in front of everyone's face and nobody's going to say anything. And if you do say anything, then you're just crazy, you know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm sure we've all experienced it. You try to point this out and then say something about it. And then you even show them the evidence and whatnot. People just don't want to believe it. They don't, it's just beyond their level of comprehension. They, they don't want to accept it. And it goes back to a psychological condition called cognitive dissonance where you don't want your perception of reality to be shattered. So therefore, you create these justifications inside of your mind to explain these negative things that are happening. And you try to like downsize it and, and make it seem like it's not as serious as it is. And then you just, it's the thing where you shoot the messenger rather than look into the message and and you know, objectively try to figure out what's going on. You just create this this fantasy world in your mind where everything is all perfect or okay and, you know, the society that we live in is real when, in, in fact, it's it's not really like that. There's a bunch of crazy stuff going on. And most people don't talk about it because it's not fun to talk about. You're not going to become popular by talking about this kind of stuff. And... You know, you're, you're not going to fucking take over the top 40 charts on the music shit if you're singing music about this kind of stuff. It's just not going to happen because the music industry, Hollywood as well, you know, they're all on board with this agenda where there's certain things you just can't discuss. I mean, it's it's not going to happen. Um, what are those things? Let's say the obviously the chemtrails is one of them. You know, the negative health effects of vaccines. Of vaccinations. There's so many people who are completely brainwashed to believe everything that a doctor tells them that they won't even look into, you know, the negative side effects that these vaccines are having. And, and they, you know, there's plenty of documentaries had, that have been uh, made about this. I know Robert De Niro recently made one called Vaxxed, 
And I think he did it because he has a grandson or his son, which was born with autism or soon got it after getting some vaccines after he was born. Because there are hundreds that a child has to get now in order to even go to school. And there's been talk about, you know, putting these electro or these electronic chips into kids uh, under kids' skins that can be scanned like an RFID type chip that will say whether or not they've been vaccinated. And then, uh, you know, if they haven't, then they can't go to school. So that's the way they're doing it. And what is the real purpose that they want us to to shoot ourselves up with all of these strange chemicals that, and there's more and more every year. And then you look at the things that are in the vaccines, they're aborted fetal cells. So actual cells from aborted babies are being injected into our children for their own safety and for their own good is what we're led to believe. And it's just, you know, it's crazy. I mean, you read the ingredients of these things and you would have to be insane to think that this sounds safe. You know, there's other things, heavy metals, mercury, all kinds of harmful substances that are being injected into this incredibly vulnerable small child. And But you're not allowed to question that. And facts don't matter in this society when everyone's completely brainwashed. It's just, it, you're supposed to just go along with it, be a good little slave, shut the fuck up, and, you know, just do as you're told. And most people will do that. They will willingly do that, and they'll be completely fine with it, and they'll live their whole lives like that. And they won't even notice the changes that are happening around them all the time. Because we are living in an incredible time of just insane changes that on, on a scale that's unprecedented, you know, before in history. Just since I was born, the world has changed so much. I was born in the early 90s, and it's 2019, almost 2020 now. And how much technology has changed since the early 90s to 2020 is, it's, you know, pretty significant. Uh, everyone's got a cell phone in their pocket, which is like a mini television but you can also broadcast yourself. It's a video camera. It's a microphone. It's you know a portal to anywhere in the world. You can talk to anybody in the world at a moment's notice. You know you can get service pretty much anywhere. They're they're going to put Wi-Fi and stuff into the national parks now. So it's it's really you can't escape it. And you know they're bringing on the five G wavelength for for cellular devices as well. The smart houses and smart cars and smartphones and smart this and smart that which is really just a giant surveillance network it's so big brother can keep an eye on everyone and make sure you know you're not fucking up and and saying something you shouldn't be saying but it's also good for the corporations who want to sell you things and just monitor everything you talk about and that's already happening you look up a certain thing on your phone or you talk, you're talking about something with your buddies and your phone is recording you and then all of a sudden you're scrolling through Facebook and then you see an ad for something you were just talking about. Everyone knows that's happening and, and we're pretty much just accepting that. You might make comments about it and say, oh, that's weird, but nobody's going to do anything about it. Nobody's going to stop using these devices because of that. You're just going to accept it. And then that's kind of what we've been trained to be like is just you know, be mildly annoyed with something, but we're not going to completely change our lifestyle because we've become so dependent on these devices. You can't just get rid of them now. You know, we've, uh, imagine it would be chaos if everyone had to just suddenly get rid of their cell phones. I look around, I, I sell cars and there's a lot of downtime in that business. And you look around and everyone's just staring at their phones for five hours a day, pretty much. In total, some seven hours, some people eight hours. You're just always looking at this device and it sucks you in. And they were designed with that purpose in mind. There are certain wavelengths and electromagnetic frequencies that correspond with your brain's wavelength. So if you project those frequencies out of the cell phone, then you can like hook the brain into it. And I've uh, shared patents of this. It's a, a nervous system manipulation through electromagnetic waves. Uh, and that was from years ago. I think that was from the 70s. And that was mostly for televisions. Uh, but like I said, the, the cell phone and a smartphone is just basically a small handheld television that you carry around in your pocket. And they're incredibly addictive. They also make you really fucking depressed. 
because you're always comparing yourself to these celebrities and these you know unbelievably beautiful people that are so accessible and it seems like they're real people and then they're just living their life and they're so beautiful and they have the giant tits and fucking fat ass and they're just like completely perfect and just an unrealistic body standard that you're supposed to adhere to and you know your girlfriend's supposed to look that or look like that and if you're a girl then you're supposed to look like that and it's just incredibly depressing because let's be honest most people don't look like that and do you really want to spend the time to fucking look like that and you know do everything it takes to you know look like that you got to be at the gym all the time you can't eat anything and it's just I don't know, but that's that's also where our society has come to as well, where physical appearance is much more important than mental capacity and and what you think about things. It's just how you look. It's all appearance. We're incredibly shallow and, and materialistic now, so it's about what you have. It's not about you know who you are as a person and what you think and your ideas and, and stuff like that. It's more just how you look. At least that's the popular you know, conception that a lot of people have. And it's really sad because nothing great can come from a culture like that. And that's why our artwork is so shitty now. And, you know, our music has just gone way downhill. But there's a lot of people underground doing their own thing and independently and stuff. But the mainstream things that are pushed uh, in our culture, and this is now a global culture as well, because when I was traveling around Asia they listen to all the same music as you know the top 40 hits in America that are so annoying and terrible but that's what they're listening to down there because you know that's the cool shit to listen to and that just it is what it is and yeah I mean and if you go against the grain you will have some people who are feeling it but it's not you're not going to appeal to the masses as you would if you were to just go along with the status quo and just kind of be like everyone else. That's a sure ticket to to become famous. It's not going to be nice art. It's not going to be worth anything, but it will get you paid and make you gain popularity. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's good artwork, though, and then great artists will always tell you that originality and creativity is the ticket to making something that is timeless and that's going to last, you know, well after you're gone. Whereas somebody who's just trying to do what everyone else is doing, you're just you're doing exactly that, and you're you're gonna be forgotten because you were just somebody who's riding a trend and riding the wave, and uh, you know that shit's whack, dude. You gotta do your own stuff and and come up with your own ideas. Original thought is incredibly rare these days, and I think it always has been. It it takes a special kind of personality and a special perseverance and and. Uh, creativity to say things that other people aren't saying and to entertain notions which other people ain't thinking about (laughs) if that makes sense so that's a very rare thing you will rarely see that and if you do have somebody like that in your life or if you have discovered them you know their music or whatever support that stuff because it's hard to to go against the grain and be different and if there's nobody giving you any positive feedback on it you might just quit and a lot of people will just quit and give up on their hopes and dreams because nobody's giving them props man uh but that also it's also the artist's fault you have to advertise and, and appeal to the right crowds in order to be successful and a lot of people won't put the time and effort and money into doing that because everything costs money if you want people to hear your music or or look at your artwork or whatever it's going to take some work and it's going to take some money. So I'm trying to put some more money into my next album that's coming out. And we'll see how that goes. But uh, the other day, I went and saw my grandma. She was born in 1933 and it was her birthday. So she's now 86. But I told her she doesn't look a day over 85. She's doing good. Uh, and I, I was just thinking, you know, how much... The world has changed since she was born. She was born in 1933. That means when she was 26, which is how old I am, it was 1959. It's like, holy shit. She was a grown-ass woman in 1959. Even in 1950, she was a a grown woman pretty much. She remembers living through World War II, uh, growing up in Long Beach when, when they had to put camouflage over all of the factories and stuff because they were afraid they were going to be blown up by the Japanese. You know, everyone had to go work in the factories. It was a complete restructuring of society and our economy in order to 
you know, support the wartime effort. You had to build b- bombs and guns and airplanes and tanks and all that stuff so we could win the war because the Nazis were going to take over and they were so completely evil and fuck those motherfuckers. And, and we also hated the Japanese because they blew up Pearl Harbor. But then again, I think Roosevelt let that shit happen because he wanted to get into World War II because they wanted to create the United Nations. And, and who knows? All I know is a lot of people died in World War II. Now, my grandma lived through that. And then she's, you know, incredibly patriotic because back in those days, that's just how you were. You know, you were very proud of your country. And there were people who went and died for your country. And that was some serious shit. So you respected those people and you honored them. And then, you know, then we had the Korean War which was pretty unpopular, and then you had the Vietnam War, which is extremely unpopular, but they were still drafting people to go to that war, and you got to feel bad for those guys, because they didn't want to go to war, at least some of them didn't, you know, some people did sign up, because they wanted to go to war, but a lot of people were just drafted, and they were poor, and they had no way out of it, they couldn't escape the country, and they didn't want to, so they just had to go fight in this this pointless war across the world with some people who they've never met with, they ain't got no beef with these people, and a lot of people knew that. They're like, "Why the fuck are we over here, man?" And uh, and then they were incredibly disrespected once they got back because there were some some horrific slaughters which came out of the Vietnam War. Villages that were burned down, you know, women and children being murdered, and just incredibly horrific stuff. So, you know, motherfuckers would get back and then they get spit on, and and you know, people are just pissed at them. So. Got a feel for those guys, but uh, nothing's pretty about war, and there's there's really not much that is um, honorable about it either. And yet, we still will send our kids to fight and die in in wars today. For example, the war on terror, the war in Afghanistan, in Iraq, and just all over the Middle East, because that is part of the agenda to take over the Middle East and uh, you know steal all their oil and get them to align with this new world order, one world government agenda. And people will gladly send their kids over there and then they'll honor them and they'll put stickers on the back of their cars saying, my son is a Marine and and this and that. But all that says to me is, you know, you didn't teach your son the way the world really works if he really believes that he has to go fight that war and that he's doing a good thing by doing that. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to apologize for saying that because it's just a fact, dude. Uh why why are we fighting these wars and why do we we send our kids out to do that in uh william cooper's book behold a pale horse there's a document that's supposedly you know like a leaked illuminati document or whatever and then they basically say that in in this thing so it's like a a guy who's in the illuminati and fucking somehow this document got leaked but it said you know how could you say that you love your children when you will voluntarily send them to die in a needless war. Which is so true. I mean, there's nothing heroic about it. I mean, you can be a hero. You can be a hero. You could be over there and then you get into a a crazy shootout and then you save your buddy and, and you save some kids or something. But the real thing we need to be asking is why are we in these wars to begin with? And, and who is really profiting from these wars? What is the true purpose of it? Because obviously there was nine 11, which came about, and that was in 2001. Uh, George Bush had just been elected, and it wasn't a landslide victory by any means. Uh, Al Gore was the dude he was running against. And it, it's funny how significant these two figures have, have since become in, in going into 2020. Because, you know, George Bush was elected, and then he brought in all of the neocons, people like Donald Rumsfeld, Dick Cheney, and, and different figures like that. And a lot of these people were members of a Washington, D.C.-based think tank called the Project for the New American Century. Now, these guys had been getting together throughout the 90s, and eventually, in, I think it was 1999, they drafted out uh, this document called the Project for the New American Century. And it was a plan to take over the Middle East and invade the Middle East and use military force to just uh, blow them into submission and and cause regime changes and you know just the typical thing kill hundreds of thousands of people perhaps millions i think millions have died in the war on terror since it's been the longest war in american history and uh they wrote it all down they had a list of countries which we have since invaded Uh, iraq was on the list uh afghanistan syria um fuck what was the other one libya 
Um, basically, all of these countries who we have either already gone to war with, uh, Pakistan as well, um, and Iran, of course, but Iran, we haven't fully gotten into a war, but it's always like, we're always on the brink of it. It's going to happen eventually. And it's because these people aren't fucking going along with the agenda. They're trying to do their own thing. There's a completely different culture. And they're trying to destroy that. The, well, the Islamic faith, they're, they're very against that. They're incredibly spiritual people and can't be having that shit. Uh, Iran has their own currency and so did Iraq at the time when we invaded them. I don't think they do anymore. But everyone has to get on the, you know, the one world plan, man. The, the, um... New World Order controlled by these baby-eating, child-fucking, sick motherfuckers. And, and that's just what's happening. So Bush brought, brought in all of these people to occupy high positions in his cabinet. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, 9-11 happens. Then it gives them the justification to invade all of these countries, which they were planning to invade anyways. So it was very convenient for them. Obviously, they planned 9-11, and it... it I've read books and, and researched things that, that indicate to me that 9-11, you know, the, the destruction of the World Trade Center was planned even before they built it. And, uh, and I don't think that's, um, you know, unreasonable. I mean, it sounds pretty far out and unlikely, but when you look at um, some of the, the symbolism behind it and, and the movies that came out that were foreshadowing this event... It, it becomes, you know, you you start to suspect that this thing had been planned for a very long time for, for a certain purpose. And uh, it certainly has. And because when 9-11 happened, it completely changed our society. They, they implicated the, um, introduced the, the Patriot Act, which gave the government power to do mass surveillance and just keep everybody you know, under their fucking watchful eye and they're looking at you all the time and listening to you. And, uh, you know, no one's safe from Big Brother. We're pretty much living in George Orwell's 1984 now. So that happened after 9-11. There was the invasion of the Middle East. They invaded Afghanistan first because that's where they said Osama bin Laden was. And of course, Osama bin Laden was the conveniently, you know, (laughs) dressed fucking Disney villain that uh, is just, you know, your typical guy who's completely opposite of America and hates everything America stands for. Now, it doesn't matter that we trained him in the 80s and brought him over here and took him to CIA bases and gave him the code name Tim Osman, and we gave him all kinds of weapons and training in order to supposedly fight the Soviet Union um, because that's what Afghanistan was doing during the 80s. So we... He, Tim Osman was a CIA asset, and that is Osama bin Laden. We brought him over here. You can look up the the ties between the Bush family and the bin Laden family. In fact, the bin Laden family loaned, they actually, I don't know if, even know if they loaned it to him, they gave George Bush a million dollars to start an oil company because the bin Laden family was an incredibly rich, powerful Saudi Arabian family who made all of their money in real estate and construction, I believe it was. So they were, they were billionaires incredibly powerful and uh they were homies with the bushes the bushes had a bunch of oil money that texas oil money and uh the bin ladens you know there's pictures of george bush and osama bin laden playing together as babies and shit (laughs) you can't make this shit up it's true and it's just fucking crazy dude that we really live in this world and like what the fuck dude are you serious it's like it's more insane than any movie you could ever watch. You can't make this shit up. I mean, seriously. So the Bin Ladens gave George Bush a million dollars to start an oil company. That's a fact. It's on record. You can look it up. And then uh, all of a sudden, oh shit, he hates us now and he's going to blow up these towers and be incredibly successful with this attack that would just is so unlikely to, to be successful. I mean, you really, you're going to, the most well-fortified country in the entire world with the most powerful military and the most powerful surveillance network you have the cia the nsa the fbi the fucking all these different agencies whose sole purpose supposedly is to protect us and protect our country and and watch out for terrorist attacks and they couldn't stop this the hijacking the hijacking of these uh giant jets and then they successfully flew them into these towers and then the towers are just completely obliterated and turned into dust you know i mean it's just a very unlikely scenario 
and they were never the, the planes weren't shot out of the air by by our fighter jets i mean why not and there's just you know you could look into 911 you could spend years looking into that and just figuring out all the bullshit that goes along with that I think the best book written about the destruction of the World Trade Center towers was Where Did the Towers Go, written by Dr. Judy Wood. She's a completely unbiased researcher and the most qualified person to make the forensic analysis of you know the destruction of the World Trade Center towers. Uh, I don't align with any of the architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth. I don't like those guys. Um, I don't believe in the thermite explanation either. The only thing that makes sense to me after looking at the evidence is the direct energy weapon, um, weaponized free energy that Dr. Judy Wood postulates in her book, Where Did the Towers Go? And she presents some pretty compelling evidence for that. And you should read it. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's incredible. It really is. And there's a reason why they're trying to hide this because the people who are in control of the world use this free energy technology, which Nikola Nikola Tesla discovered in the early 1900s. And then they decided, you know, and this is a technology that could power the whole entire world for free wirelessly. Um, it's just radiates this energy and then it's energy that exists all around us in infinite amounts. Yeah. Uh, uh, Wilhelm Wright called it Orgon. The Chinese, I think, call it Qi. Um, you call it the ether, the aether, or whatever it's called. And that's what Tesla called it. Um, and many people, you know, pretty much all scientists believed in the ether before the modern times. Ether is just the, the it's the medium in which we all exist. It's it's like the ocean of energy and and vibration in which the whole universe is immersed. But nowadays, the the you have astrophysicists and and people who are just talking heads for the establishment who try to say that it doesn't exist. There's no such thing as the ether and everybody was wrong. And, you know, uh, only Einstein was correct. And, and, but Einstein was wrong. Nikola Tesla was right. There is an ether and, uh, you can extract energy from it. And that's the reason why there's this whole agenda to try to discredit the theory of there being ether because Nikola Tesla discovered a way to harness energy from it in infinite amounts. And you can't put a meter on it and you can't charge people for that electricity. So there's a lot more money in fossil fuels and in, you know, oil and coal and even in the wind power and solar power and things like that, there's a lot more money in that because you can centralize the grid, um, make it controlled by the state or giant corporations or, or a combination of both, like in the fascist world that we do live in. And uh, and then you fucking charge people a shitload of money to use this energy, to heat their homes and travel and use electricity and this and that. And uh, that's just the way it works. So you had to get rid of Tesla and, and, um, write him out of the books or just, you know, not say anything about him. You idolized Thomas Edison instead. And, uh, that's just kind of the way history went with that. But the government still built upon Tesla's technology and Nikola Tesla worked closely with the American government, uh, and helped them create all kinds of stuff. He was incredibly patriotic because he came to America with nothing but like four cents in his pocket and a book of poetry that he had written and, you know, became one of the most popular people in the entire world. And he completely changed the world. And the only way he could have done that was through coming to America because America was the place where you could come here with nothing in your pocket and, uh, and become the most, you know, successful person in the world. And that's what happened to him. So he fucking loved America and he loved the American government and he wanted to do whatever he could to help, you know, help our, um, safety and whatnot and help us have the best weapons or whatever so we could you know win wars and shit so he helped them uh fucking gave him all his notes and shit after he died the government came in and stole his all his notes but he was working with the government before that anyway so they probably already knew what he was doing and uh basically since then what they have done is instead of give the world this free energy technology and and make it so we can all power our homes and drive our cars and do all this incredibly sh fucking crazy shit, which we can do, I'm sure. Um, they decide to instead weaponize it 
and and use create directed energy weapons and they could be space based on satellites they could you know they're already mounted to aircraft carriers you can go on youtube and uh watch a video of a fighter jet being blown out of the sky by a directed energy weapon which is mounted to an aircraft carrier it's pretty incredible uh and that's just what they released to the public and that was like 10 or 20 years ago that they fucking put that video out and that was put out by the navy i think um but yeah, so they, they weaponized this technology and then they used it to blow up the World Trade Center and just to have this incredibly catastrophic, fucking terrible event. It was It's terrifying. I mean, fuck, dude. These two gigantic towers, these pillars of, of what is America and what is capitalism and, and New York City. I mean, it's the most famous city in the whole entire world. And it's the financial capital of the world. And uh, they use these direct energy weapons to completely vaporize these fucking towers and turn them into dust, kill 3,000 people in cold blood, and destroy seven buildings in the World Trade Center tower, the World Trade Center complex, I mean. Uh, There wasn't just those two main towers, there was actually seven buildings which were completely destroyed. And then they turned around, blamed it on Osama bin Laden, on uh, Islamic extremism, because for years prior to that, we had been indoctrinated through fiction, uh, through movies, television shows, and, and the news media as well, to believe in the threat of Islamic terrorism, which it is a thing. There are Islamic extremists who want to blow up people just because they're fucking nuts. Um, but it was it was beaten into the public consciousness and, and subversively done in such a way where it, it like went into your subconscious because they do it through fiction, they do it through movies and stuff. And you can, uh, you know, like Back to the Future has the whole premise of of Islamic terrorists coming in to steal Doc's fucking time machine and, and this and that, or the plutonium or whatever. And uh, that movie has all kinds of shit corresponding with 9-11 too. I mean, there's there's multiple videos you can watch on that, just seeing all of the, the symbolism, how it's foreshadowing 9-11. And this happened in many television shows and movies. Because it had to be done in a way where people would accept it. If it was too blatant and unexpected and and just unprecedented that, then people would ask questions. But since it had been for decades, you know, this notion had been instilled in us, that's the reason why it was so successful. And that's the reason why people didn't question it. Because we're in a state of terror, we're in a state of fear, and... You know, that's the time when you make your move. Everyone's scared. They're not going to question shit. So then you give us the justification to invade the Middle East. And we invaded Afghanistan um, for the purpose, supposedly, of finding Osama bin Laden. And, you know, the Taliban's bad and Al-Qaeda's bad. And you have, you know, all these terrorist groups who are just plotting the destruction of America. And they successfully did it. So we got to go get them now. And we got to go fuck these motherfuckers up. And that's what we did. We murdered, you know... And since I think we've killed millions of people there and uh, innocent people, kids and women and shit. And of course, I'm sure there's some bad motherfuckers, too. But can you blame these guys for trying to protect their homeland when these foreign invaders come and just start shooting people and blowing them up and and doing all kinds of terrible shit? You would protect your homeland, too. You know, so these are just people who are, are protecting the place where they live. And that's uh, just how men are is if somebody comes up to their house with guns and shit, they're going to pull out their guns and shoot at them, you know? And you're going to have a war. And that's just how it's always been. So, you know, to demonize people for protecting their homeland um, is just, you know, a little silly. Of course, they are from a completely different culture, so it's hard for us to relate to them. But at the end of the day, we're all human beings. And uh, you would do the same if somebody came to fuck you up at your house. But... It doesn't matter. So they, they invaded Afghanistan, and then a couple years later, they you have Saddam Hussein, and then George Bush is saying Saddam Hussein is a bad man. He has these weapons of mass destruction, and he's using chemical weapons against his own people and, and murdering all these people. Therefore, we have to invade Iraq, and let's just do it. And then all of a sudden, he invades Iraq, and then... You know, of course, there are no weapons of mass destruction. There are, there are no chemical weapons either. We didn't find anything. But we killed hundreds of thousands of people. I mean, we're just bombing these cities, like cities like Fallujah and Baghdad and uh, different places like that. And just, you know, we, we bombed them with depleted uranium. 
And you can uh, look up these pictures if if you have the stomach for it, because what it did to these these people there is just horrific and and disgusting and and just terrible. And nobody deserves that, especially not somebody who's just living somewhere. You know, just because you live in a poor country or you live in the Middle East doesn't mean that you need to be blown up by these these weapons. So it's funny. And it's not funny. I guess it would be ironic that we said <laughs> we said Sudan had chemical weapons and we need to save the Iraqis from Sudan. So we're going to go over there and we're going to blow them up with chemical weapons to save them from the chemical weapons. And that's what that's exactly what we did. Like I said, you can't make this shit up. It's just ridiculous. And we we blew them up with depleted uranium in the invasion of I think it was Fallujah. Um and and it's had terrible after effects because it got into like the water supply and it just it was in the air and stuff and then it 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 creates these mutations so there's kids with arms who were born with fucking arms coming out of their heads and it's just insane dude and that's it's really happened and it's just so sad you know and um but these are heroes and we're supposed to say that these people are heroic for doing this for for following orders like a good little sheep and going over to a foreign country and blowing up innocent people you're a hero and, uh, you know, it's just how we've been trained to be. There's a lot of people who are just fucking bootlickers and, uh, they, <laughs> they love anybody with a badge and a, and a uniform and shit. And they really believe in this, this fake system that is just, we're terrorizing these people all, all over the world. And these are the same people who would have gladly joined up with the Nazi regime if they lived in 1930s Germany they would have fucking loved the Nazis and they would have been down with killing the Jews. It's just that personality type who will just do whatever you tell them to do. And that personality trait is incredibly common. It's, it's you know, it's everywhere. In, in every society, you have these type of people. It's just a psychological condition where you do whatever you're told and um, that's that. And your country's the best. Every country says that they're the best. It doesn't matter where you go, you know, everyone has that patriotism and then they all believe that they're the best country and they'll fight for their country and, and this and that. So, you know, it's just more like luck of the draw, you know. I was lucky enough to be born in America, I guess, and not in Iraq and not born with an arm coming out of my face because cause of the depleted uranium that got into my mother when she was pregnant because America was blowing us up with depleted uranium. So... That's just the reality of the world we live in, but facts don't matter. We live in this fantasy world at the same time. So meanwhile, you know, we have these these horrific events taking place every day, um, you know, spreading war and destruction and, and terror all across the planet under the name of freedom and, and democracy and justice and whatnot. It's just completely, completely fucking hypocritical, you know, to say the least. Um, but meanwhile, we live in this fantasy world where like, we're just constantly entertained and we're always trying to party and, and, and drink and, and smoke weed. We've legalized weed now and uh, people are on all kinds of antidepressants. We can, there's new movies coming out that they spend millions and millions and millions of dollars on and music industry and just all this entertainment that we're just bombarded with constantly. And it's to, it's to pacify us and make us more docile and make it so we don't look at the reality of, of what we're doing around the world and and the reality of what's happening in our own country. I mean, the homeless crisis right now in our country, is it's an epidemic. And same with the opioid crisis. You have all these people who are addicted to drugs and, and just they're not doing good, man. They're fucking addicted to heroin and stuff and... and uh, a lot of homeless people. In California, there's like 200,000 homeless people. That's a lot of fucking homeless people, man. And But they're supporting it, though. You know, the California government is is supplying them with methadone and, and giving them heroin, basically. It was supplying them with free needles. And and you'll find that you're finding them in the parks. And there's, there's tent cities up and down the fucking street of San Francisco and Los Angeles and, and San Diego and all these places. And in uh, San Jose, the Bay Area, just like everywhere around there. And there's nothing we can do about it. 
And like, how do we, we got to help these people. We got to do something for them. And we got to help the people who, who live there and pay their taxes. And, and uh, supposedly the government's supposed to be keeping them safe and shit, but they can't even take their kid to the park without, you know, them stepping on an AIDS infested needle. And what the fuck? How is this progress? You know, California is supposed to be so progressive and on the cutting edge of, of doing what's right for humanity and this and that. But, and yet, you know, at the same time, they're just, the whole state is going to shit. They're all moving over here to Nevada and fucking up Nevada now. You got all these people bringing their shitty California politics into Nevada and, uh, you know, bringing all their money in here and, and selling their house in the Bay or Southern California for millions of dollars, even though it's just like a three-bedroom house, like a, like a normal house. But just the cost of living there is so high that they can sell their house for a shitload of money. Then they come here to Nevada and then they buy property here, and then it drives the housing cost up here, and it drives the rent up. So now you're going to have more homeless people here and more people who can't afford to live here. And that's exactly what's happening. And it sucks, man. And then it's all part of the Agenda 21 thing as well because you have all of the fires going on in California who it looks like direct and energy weapons are involved with those motherfuckers too. I just went to Paradise, which I've spoken about before on here, but... There's just too many weird things going on with these fires for them to be, you know, completely natural. And of course, it has to do with the chemtrails being sprayed as well because it dries out the foliage, um, you know, kills the plants, makes them more susceptible to burning. But it's just it's a it's a war, man. We're living in a fucking war, and most people don't even realize it because they're so drugged up and just living in this fantasy world of the sex, drugs, and entertainment it's it's all it takes it's very simple you know it's the same as it's always been in every society throughout history you did the same shit back in ancient rome i'm sure and and back in ancient greece and ancient egypt and all that stuff but one thing that was different in these ancient cultures i'm sure there was a lot that was different there's a lot of similarities and a lot of differences but they were more spiritually in tuned and they had a better relationship with these these um psychedelic drugs you know they weren't completely outlawed like they are here in america and it's funny you know you you can get methadone you can get suboxone you can get this synthetic heroin legally through the government and they'll even subsidize it and pay for it for you but you can't you know if you get caught with some acid or some dmt or mushrooms or something then that's a big fucking crime and you'll you'll go to prison you know they'll knock down your door these motherfuckers dressed like fucking robocop will come you know crashing through your fucking door with shotguns and they'll fucking kill you kill your dog and shit just because you got some plants you know that make you perceive reality differently so in ancient cultures you know graham hancock talks about this terence mckenna as well Uh, they talk about the significance of psychedelic substances to ancient cultures and how they were more in tune with that spiritual aspect of reality um, through using these drugs these mind-altering substances because it does i mean it, it takes you to some different shit i've done acid i've done mushrooms i did dmt but like i don't think i did enough i didn't really blast off into the fucking dmt realm so maybe someday i'll do that but um psychedelic drugs have been incredibly powerful for me i've i've experienced some crazy shit and you do kind of break into another aspect of reality and um it's very strange. But now, one thing to be weary about is, for example, the drug LSD. It was created by the government. It was created by government scientists, and the CIA used it. The army used it um, to to mind control people. It was created as a mind control drug, basically. And they did all kinds of testing with it um, to see what they could do. And it was released to the public for a purpose. And it was... It, see, this is where you get to the double-edged sword of it. You have people like Terrence McKenna and... Uh, you know, Graham Hancock and stuff. Graham Hancock is more ancient, you know, rewriting history in uh, our ancient cultures. I, I like him. I think he's very interesting. Uh, Terrence McKenna is interesting as well. But, and then uh, who else is in there? Alan Watts was the the guy who kind of brought over Eastern philosophy. And Eastern philosophy and, and psychedelics kind of coincide with each other and they kind of jive. But it was also used as a weapon because so right when LSD came out, it was like the late 50s, I think. And then uh, 
that's when it was synthesized and ah oh, shit. I don't know. Dead deadheads would know who who made this shit. <laughs> my my friend Dylan knows, but the guy made a he created acid and it was like revolutionary and is fucking you know it's a it's a big deal and he's gonna change the world and we're gonna save the world because we can get so high now. But right when it came out, so it was Vietnam and people were very against the Vietnam War. They were sick of the government saying that you know these people had to go fight this foreign these foreign people that they don't even know for no reason and there's hundreds of thousands of people being sent over there lots of people dying it's fucked up so there was a lot of protests about it because people cared about that shit college students were very very active in that because they were the people who were being sent off to war and they're sick of it dude they were like fuck this so they came out they were protesting in the streets there are massive demonstrations i mean people used to do this against war nobody fucking does this anymore Nobody cares about war. People are more into like protesting to kill babies, like protesting in favor of murdering children and and pro-life or whatever. They just want to kill babies. They'll protest for that, but they won't protest against killing like killing in war. They will protest to murder children, but not to stop war. That's how sick and twisted our societies become. And how, how much things have flipped upside down just in recent years. But the Planned Parenthood thing was totally uh, made by the New World Order motherfuckers as well. Margaret Sanger went into that and uh, I, I've done talks about that as well. And just the agenda behind Planned Parenthood and, and murdering you know our minorities. And uh, placing these Planned Parenthood places in inner cities and, and ghettos uh, to, kill the, to kill the poor people and uh, get rid of the blacks and stuff. And that, that was a fact that they did that shit. You know, look that shit up. But um, you had, LSD comes out in, in the height of, of the Vietnam War. And then that's when the hippie movement came out too. You had like the Beatles, you had the Stones, you had fucking all these different bands who were like, you know, they're all tripping on acid and shit too. And it was like the cool thing to do. So then acid became released to the public by the government and it was supplied by them and by these scientists and they knew what it was going to do. And they knew the reason why they did it was to to change from an outer revolution where they were actually trying to make political change to an inner revolution where it was all about changing your own consciousness. Don't try to change the world around you and this government system that is actually doing these bad things. Just change yourself, man. Just fucking take some acid and, you know, open your mind and shit because that's the only thing that matters is what's going on in your own mind. Don't worry about these people being fucking killed and shit uh, all over the world. You can't do anything about that, but all you can do is get high yourself and feel good yourself, man. So that's that's what happened, and uh, you know that's a fact. And it was used as a weapon. These drugs are used as weapons to to prevent political change. And uh, you know, fast forward to 2020, people are still doing all of these drugs. I mean, I've done drugs as well and it's fine you know it is a nice uh, inner experience and and drugs can be incredibly therapeutic they can help people get off of hard drugs actually they can because when you have an experience with these drugs you, it puts things into perspective you have it does take you to like another realm and and stuff like that i'd be very interested to do ayahuasca and do like a dmt trip like a real ayahuasca trip in the amazon like that'd be fucking nuts but um yeah, there's just, it's a double-edged sword, you know? So, it's pretty interesting, though, all that, the hallucinogenics and stuff. So, yeah, they, they, apparently ancient cultures were more accepting of, of going into this mind-altering state and, and experiencing reality that way. Because it is, you know, we are spiritual beings which are having a physical experience. It's not, it's not the other way around. We're not physical beings who sometimes have a spiritual experience or whatever, a lot of people will will live their whole life and and claim that they have never had a spiritual experience, but you got to realize that this whole life is a spiritual experience. We're like we're this light or this energy and this soul that is that has existed forever. We're a piece of God, and we are here on this earth having this physical experience for a purpose to develop as 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 spirits and as souls and and to learn and to understand and to love and, and do incredible things. And and then we return to the source after we die. Who knows what happens after we die? You know, maybe you go to the place you were at before you were born, but I don't think we're just 
you know, meant to live this. I don't think it's just a, a temporary thing, and we're we're just here for this this incredibly small amount of time in comparison to the rest of the universe, which is supposedly been around for billions of years. But who knows? How could you even date the universe? I don't believe in the Big Bang or, or any of that shit either, because it's just you're trying to say you know more than you could possibly know. But most people accept all of these numbers as well, because we've been trying to to you know. Um, be submissive to an authority figure and scientists are, are authority figures because they're throwing out figures and numbers and ideas that most people are not familiar with. So you're not going to critically analyze them. You're just going to be like, oh shit, that's crazy. How'd you know that? <laughs> or whatever. You just be like, damn, that's fucking nuts, dude. Four billion years. Wow. But who knows how long the world has really been around and, and the universe and consciousness and God and, and, and reality and stuff like that. Maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe we do die and it's just eternal blackness. But that should still, you know, be another reason to be a good person and try to make positive changes because, you know, and, and make the world a better place. Because what if this is our only time that uh, we exist for? Wouldn't you want to make it the most comfortable and the best experience possible for everyone around you and yourself? And that's just what I think. But what do I know? I'm just a guy fucking talking in a microphone alone in his bedroom about to go sell some cars. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully I'll sell some cars. I need some money, man. Gotta buy some gifts and shit. It's Christmas. I always do my Christmas shopping very late. If if I do it at all. I bought a few things for a few people, but it's like, where do you draw the line? Well, I got to get a grown adults Christmas presents. It's a nice gesture. I get it. It's nice. People like getting gifts, but isn't Christmas for kids? I don't really have any kids in my life. I don't have any kids. They're all grown up, man. We're all grown. And if they are kids, they're like far away in California or something. But Santa will take care of you guys. And, uh... <laughs> I guess that's all. That's it for me. I got to get my day started. It is 9.23 a.m. I got to get dressed. I got to eat some food and uh, go change the world through selling cars. But I'd like to thank you so much for listening. And until next time, peace out. Happy holidays. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy, um, what's the other one? Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> and I'm sure there's other holidays which I've missed as well. But, you know, um, reflect on your year and, and uh, see what you can do better next year. And I'll talk to you in the new year. Peace out. Yo, God, do the knowledge, God. It's like this. This world is ruled and controlled by society that exists within societies that exist within societies, God. Center of the population napping, praying in churches, catching the Holy Ghost, clapping across the border, traveling 9,000 miles across the border, teaching my peoples and age of the new world order. 25 to click bloodline, we throw soft wine, snap clips and nines with minds more advanced than Einstein and Merlin. Knock down walls like Berlin to get out, we can't get in, we can't win. Yeah.
destination, elevation, daily operation. Since man creation, we increase the population, proper education. Got us tapping in information, preventing from getting locked under top secret investigation. Giuliani's part of Illuminati, a million minds in one body, design a decline society. They want at least 1.2 billion deceased, while the rest is left with the mark of the beast on a dome piece. Prepare the signs of the times now we're near. That outbreak scare, found in Zaire, soon be here, so tune your ears and be safe from a slave. Cause in a matter of days, I'ma EQ your brain waves. AZ the visualizer, as wise as Elijah. Here to Abaja and bring out the realness that's up inside you. Intoxication, my voice box, box the nation. Sweet affiliation, the do or die situation. Can't win. We 